Welcome to Public Narrative, A Word with Jamira Alexander. I'm your host, Jamira Alexander, President and Executive Director of Public Narrative, a community media resource nonprofit based right here in Chicago that champions narrative change through workshops, training, programming, and research, building more authentic relationships between media makers, nonprofits, and you, the community. A Word is the chance to bring different guests on the show that can help us better understand some of the pertinent issues our communities face when it comes to public safety, education, and health. It's been one full school year since the Illinois Media Literacy Law went into effect in high school curriculums across the state. Organizations like Public Narrative, News Literacy Project, among others, have been working at the local and national levels to promote in their own ways a better and more critical understanding of media to the general public. So what does media literacy look like in this new age of storytelling and information consumption? What does impact look like when we give community members, especially youth, the tools to be critical thinkers and doers with and in the media space? Joining me today to discuss media literacy in Illinois is Dr. Michael Spikes, lecturer and director of Teach for Chicago Journalism Project at Northwestern University's Medill School of Journalism, Media and Integrated Marketing Communications, and Yanti Friesum, media professor at Columbia College Chicago and co-director of the Media Education Lab. We'll be right back with more from Dr. Spikes and Yanti and get into a word. I'm Connie Lindsay one of your hosts for Joy in the Breakthrough. On our next episode, Anna and I welcome Dr. Jean Porter King. One thing that I think speaks to us as women of color is really helping people recognize a holistic approach to leadership. Tune in this Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. on CAN-TV Channel 19, also streaming on CANTV.org and now available on the new CAN-TV Plus app. Experience the power of community television. Welcome back to Public Narrative, A Word. Michael, Yanti, thank you both for joining me today. The two of you co-founded the Illinois Media Literacy Coalition. Tell us a little bit about that group of educators who formed the coalition. So uh, currently, uh, the coalition is 100 educators who um, basically self-joined um, through our network and then the people network to get together to really advance media literacy in the state of Illinois. Um, that started basically two years ago with the passing of the public act that uh, mandate uh, teaching a unit of instruction in every public high school in Illinois. Mm -hmm. And that gives us the motivation to, to create it, to really uh, have people who understand what is media literacy to inform everybody of how it should look like, what should we do, and how to help and support teachers. Excellent. Now, Michael, can you share with us the significance of the coalition? Sure. So um, I think one of the things that really drove uh, Yanti and my sort of approach of working with this coalition is really to think about implementation of media literacy. What we saw in other states where media literacy was put into the standards for learning was that other players would sort of swoop in really quick and these would either be you know, providers of curriculum or maybe companies that have textbooks they want to sort of sell in the marketplace, uh, they sort of swoop in and sort of co-opt the media literacy as, say, something like keyboarding or other digital skills or even things like internet safety. And we wanted to make sure that as longtime practitioners ourselves that we really focused on the mindful consumption and production of media. So. 
with that being said, we are also, we've been teachers. So we wanted to be sure to include not only the voices of ourselves, we're sort of trying to set the agenda on what media literacy mm -hmm. should be, but also making sure that we bring into account the voices of educators that are out there in the world who are teaching these sort of skills. So it was really important for us to create and cultivate a community of educators, experts, scholars in this area, lots of people who can also give us feedback on our approach to media literacy so we can continue to evolve and innovate in the space. I think it's incredible that you all have collaborated on this. I mean, a, pro a professor from Columbia College, Dr. Spikes, you're at Northwestern, Medill. What is, Yanti, what has it been like for you all to align with educators throughout the state? Uh, great, but you know, it's something that Mike and I are doing for years, like what, yes. 20 years or something? Oh, wow. teachers, also, you all have, are not teacher. new to collaborating with each other. Uh, yeah, no. no, together we started, uh, what, five years ago or something like that to work together. Yeah. But, you know, I consider myself, I took it from um, a friend of mine who uh, called herself a recovering high school teacher. So that's how <laughs> I introduced myself. I've been in the classroom for eight years, yes. um, 20 years ago, and, and Mike as well. So it's not new for us to work with educators and to uh, collaborate. Um, and so it's exciting uh, to have this energy about, yes, all of us together are thinking about media literacy. And everybody is, what can I do to help? Yes. So that's an energy that is so much fun to work with and also re-energizing for us to like, okay, let's come together and do some good stuff. Yes. Now help us understand how the um, media literacy legislation was passed in the state. Ooh. So, I mean, I'm not going to get to the whole history, <laughs> but sure. basically it was six years in the making that started with uh, at least as far as I know, three different initiatives. Um, one was a high school uh, student in Naperville um, that then connected with uh, Representative Hernandez. Um, there was the Illinois uh, Library uh, School Association that worked on a legislation. And then there was media literacy now with the uh, local chapter leader, uh, Alicia Haywood, that worked on that. And then several years ago, they realized that uh, they're all working for the same cause and joined forces. Nice. And then they got to get uh, legislation, but then COVID happened and they stopped basically the legislation at the uh, House. Uh, when they resumed, they decided to do some changes and ask for more comments. Mm. And I specifically joined really at the end when there was in the last round they wanted more comments and I gave my comments with my knowledge of media literacy what I thought would be appropriate and then there was back and forth and to have the language the way that it is uh, now. Excellent and Dr. Spikes you lead a project at Medill called Teach for Chicago Journalism. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah so the Teach for Chicago Journalism uh, project is a part of a larger initiative that's in Medill known as the Local News Initiative. That's all, that's a collection of different programs and projects that's all targeted towards um, really trying to help out the issues that we have in front of us with the crisis of local media uh, outlets really dying around the country. My project in particular looks at supporting and growing the number of scholastic journalism projects and programs both in school and out of school and I should also say after school in the Chicagoland area. So we do things like trainings for advisors, we do projects directly with students, we do um, 
project training around with students. We also try to make connections between, we try to also form connections between um, students within, you know, in the city, city of Chicago schools and also in the schools in the suburbs. And lastly, we also have, um, and we now are the, the home of the Scholastic uh, Press Association of Chicago, which used to be at uh, Roosevelt University. And with that, we run a annual conference for young people. And at that conference, we bring um, young people together. We give awards for excellence in scholastic journalism projects throughout the whole school year. And we also have a number of competitions that we actually run on that day, sort of known as write-offs, where students are given a task and they, they get told, like, you got 30 minutes, you got to write this story. Mm -hmm. um, and they get prizes for that, and we have speakers and things like that. Uh, you're supporting, of course, aspiring journalists, but how do, would you suggest audiences who are not uh, in school or just, you know, our uh, com other community members, how would you suggest that they increase their media literacy? So part of the members uh, are not just in high school. So we have like K-12, long life learning, and the idea of the coalition is, yes, the legislation that was focusing on high school to start with high school, but we're looking at all ages, and people have different interests with different uh, ages. Excellent. So that's the work that we're trying to do in, again, providing the resources, the networking, and the opportunity for professional development to get that. So it's not professional development just for high school teachers. It's, you want to come, come. Like, Excellent. you're more than welcome. Excellent. Where does this work stand in, say, five years? Well, I guess I would hope to, to say that maybe so, you know, we started off with developing a framework for media literacy so that we could give teachers a really clear understanding of sort of like our approach to media literacy and also to help them see how it probably fits into what they are already doing. So what we hope to see is that there are more examples of media literacy being used in context that may, if I can be so bold to say, may not be titled media literacy. It may just be part of their regular practices in say a science class, a social studies class, an English class, any classroom that you would see. And then also with that being said, I hope that we can also with, you know, with the help of our members, also continue to, to evaluate and to um, do some evolution on our, uh, our framework itself. Because there may be things that we didn't think about that maybe we needed to branch off for or make changes to. So we hope to continue that conversation. We're all, like Yanti was talking about earlier, we're all lifelong learners. So mm -hmm. we want to continue that going on. Yes. And how, how has the response been from the students and, you know, those lifelong learners who are learning more about media literacy opportunities? What has the response from their audience been? I mean, a lot of people are excited about it. We wish that we knew better about what's happening state-wise with everybody. But that's something that we're working on um, about how to assess and evaluate to give a more informed answer. But everybody who speaks to us is very excited and understand. And that's a huge shift from even five years ago of like, this is something that is important. It's a skill that needs to be uh, learned. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a huge shift that we're looking at the changes like the Illinois um, State Board of Education um, is just putting a literacy plan for all ages that will include media literacy in it. So I think the step of awareness has been done and now we're working more toward action and seeing how it starts to really evolve into something that everybody will have access to and will be able to practice. That's excellent. Uh, so I'm really thinking about how 
oftentimes we can say yes to a project and once we get in in it and begin to learn like you know how the sausage is made we ultimately find that oh this was related to legislation or this was related to you know campaign management or whatever the case have there been discoveries you all have made in relationship to journalism and other industries or sectors i would say at the moment i mean one of the things that media literacy is sort of like it's like the gift and the curse it's almost like it touches almost everything, which is great, because then you can talk to anybody about it. And they say, oh yeah, I know about that. You know, I know a little bit about this particular skill of things like that. But then at the same time, everybody knows something about it or thinks they know something about sure. it. So, um, so in that case, we, we've, we've found that there can be some connections between local media and the work that we're, we're doing. We got a lot of um, attention and was able to grow awareness with a number of local media outlets when the legislation was first being passed mm -hmm. um, and whatnot. At, at this moment, I can't say that that has manifest into, sure. say, formal relationships, but we would definitely hope that they would. Sure, sure. Um, so how does this relate to any of the work that you're doing at your respective institutions? I know the coalition is, is a coalition in and of itself, but how does this spill over into the work that you all do in your, in your uh, contributions to your institutions? So I also work at the Media Education Lab, and part of my work is to um, support educators and inform uh, legislation. I'm going to go in a month to uh, Romania to help create a media literacy movement, and they're really interested in what we did in Illinois as an inspiration for the nice. whole country there. Um, so the work that I'm trying to do is really to understand uh, what is media literacy, what are the main practices, and what is the support that educators need. And obviously, that informs the work that I'm doing with the coalition. Absolutely. Are there any stakeholders that y you have not engaged that you would need the support of to see the coalition go forward? Um, probably, number one, are funding institutions. Sure. I mean, like, um, uh, like local foundations, national foundations, even corporate support would be one that um, could be helpful to us because we have been very dedicated, um, but largely a group of volunteers. So it would be, as, as any organization, it would be very helpful to have a few dollars to help, <laughs> you know, with the initiatives that we hope to be doing going forward. And what inspires you all to do this work? I mean, you mentioned 20 years. Give us a sense of what that's in reference to. Is that your teaching experience or? That's once I uh, not even finished my bachelor degree that's back in Israel in film school. I already started to be an instructor mm -hmm. uh, there. Um, but for me, the inspiration and it's um, that's why I'm so passionate about it is as uh, a teenager, I was part of a youth media organization, like all those many youth media organizations that Chicago yes. is famous for. Yes. And that's where you get the bug. And you see how you starting to be like an adult and how it informs like your work. And then you want to kind of pay it back in a way. So yes. I've been doing it for 20 years to yes. like support those different organizations around the world, especially locally here and to make sure that other teenagers have the same leadership opportunity and self-growth uh, through media. Thank you, that's beautiful. Michael? Yeah, and I would say, you know, it's, it's funny to hear, I felt like I, I hadn't heard that story uh, from you, Yanti, <laughs> but I mean, I started off the same way. I was in a youth media, I was specifically, it was a radio project when I was in high school and really had felt like, okay, that was the pathway I wanted to take. I wanted to be involved in media in some way. 
But down as I continued, I found that education and media, sort of like the, the nexus of bringing those two together were really where I found my own passions lied. So it, it's sort of like the same thing. And I've felt myself to be really, really fortunate to have been able to find an area in which I feel like these are not only skills that I, you know, as a quote unquote expert would need to have, these are also things that I want to share with others as a as an educator and also as a citizen of mm -hmm. the world. I feel like it's it's become, we've seen like it's become more and more important for people to become more mindful about what they're consuming, how they respond to it and so on. And, you know, it's a great thing to feel like I'm really contributing not only to the work of my, you know, for my peers and people that I know, but also the people who go well beyond myself. So th that's a big part of this. You all have me thinking about like my first inspiration around media. Um, I want to say class trip to maybe the Chicago, hit, uh, no, to the Children's History Museum or the Museum of Science and Industry, one or the other. In any event, they had a, a news studio set mm -hmm. up. But I knew in high school that I was much, very much so interested in journalism because English was the only class that I felt my creative juices could really flow. Mm -hmm. You know, you're given the instruction to, you know, respond to this writing prompt or to this story. And there aren't rules like in math with Pythagorean theorem and all that kind of stuff <laughs> right. that tells you, that, no, this is wrong, right? <laughs> so when we, when we see that journalism is under attack, democracy is under attack, how do you all continue to fortify that creativity in the work that you do, even while preserving democracy as you do within the projects that you lead? Well, I, I mean, I guess I would say f for myself, I see I see the charge even more, you know, evident in front of me with um, with the challenges that we find in front of us today, with you know the the growth of so much mis and disinformation that's out there, and that people still take it up, even though we can continue to tell them to be more again mindful about these practices. Um, but I, I think those things continue to to just push me forward because people continue to come and ask questions, and I think the approach that media literacy takes is one that does not tell people you should be reading this, mm -hmm. not this, or you should be paying attention to that, not this. Instead, it says, here are skills mm -hmm. for you to make those decisions for yourself, mm -hmm. right? And I feel like that in itself makes it really, really important for the skills that we're teaching and pushes me forward. Totally. How about you, Yancy? So it's interesting because that's might be a little bit long, but um, <laughs> When people are asking me, and, and it's part of the legislation, so I'm taking on mic um, the skills that we're talking about. So when people are saying, okay, so what is media literacy, right? So the, the official kind of definition is that it's the ability to access, analyze, create, reflect, and act uh, on media and information. And the thing is, I always give the example of the Macedonian youth uh, in the 2016 uh, election that there they learn uh, through their college um, how to go on Facebook, manipulate, like create fake accounts, and get information that was totally fake about Trump, about Clinton, and really skew some of the opinions of people. And they got a lot of revenue from Facebook. Mm -hmm. So they knew how to access information. They knew how to analyze the information. They knew how to create manipulative information mm -hmm. well done. And they knew how to reflect on it to make even more money. Mm -hmm. The only aspect that was not there was the act, the social responsibility. Mm. And for me, that's what make it not media literate. 
So you can be mediator, because a lot of people are thinking that mediator is to know how to analyze or to use information. But if you don't have the social responsibility, yes. mm -hmm. if you don't have the, the yes. democratic citizenship kind of in it, then it's not really fully media literate. Mm -hmm. So that's something that is super important, and that's where we make those connections. That, that's such a powerful statement to end on. And I really appreciate that you all have aligned with other educators who are very much so interested in advancing media literacy here in our, in our great state of Illinois. I want to thank you both for being with me today uh, on the Public Narrative Award with Jamira Alexander. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Bianca Cotton, host of Behind the Confidence Mail. Tune in Monday at 7.30 p.m. for a discussion about Travet's 10-year pursuit to medical school. I felt deeply in my heart that I was called to be a doctor. So that's when I began to pray. Watch on CanTV Channel 19, CanTV.org, and the CanTV Plus app. Technology has made it so that tools for storytelling are within our reach now more than ever. These tools have been used to cancel platforms and advocate for others. Educators like today's guests are working to ensure the next generation of storytellers are responsible in their media making and consumption. Media literacy positively impacts what stories circulate the news cycle and how narratives are shaped. Each of us have a part to play in the preservation of history and authentic narratives. Whether you have a curated list of media outlets you frequent for news and information or are in the process of developing your media diet, sourcing credible information begins with transparency. From the information gathering process and practice to ownership and accountability for correcting errors when mistakes are made. Ultimately, future generations benefit from our shared ability to preserve the truth about our communities. For more information about the Illinois Media Literacy Coalition, visit ilmlc.org and make sure to follow all things public narrative by visiting publicnarrative.org and follow us at public narrative on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and X formerly known as Twitter. This has been public narrative, a word with Jamira Alexander. See you next time.